Welcome, my friends, to Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat, the podcast that never ends, where we gather our clan and talk about the peace and love in our lives, the difficulties along the journey, and how we rise up from them. We will experience a little thing I call cluberty together, and by the end of the show, we're going to find our sweet spot. I'm Uncle Dave, and our transformation starts right here. Hey now, and how are you doing? want to welcome you to the next episode of Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat. Today we have an amazing guest, Rhonda Grant, who's an international best-selling author. She's a mentor, coach. She has a radio show. She has everything and an amazing story. Hey, Rhonda, how are you doing this morning? Awesome. How are you doing? So nice to be on your show. Thank you. Hey, well, thank you for coming. Uh, you know, it's not always we get an international best-selling author. Uh, so I, lo- I really appreciate that opportunity to do that. And, you know, Rhonda has a great show as well. I'd like you to look out for her show and we'll talk a little bit about it. So Rhonda, we'll just start off nice and slow. What brings you peace and joy and love? What brings me peace and love is uh, meditating daily, uh, focusing on my breath, focusing on my heart. um, Because lots of times we don't take that chance to pay attention to any of the organs in our body but most, most importantly, the heart. And the heart is um, where those intuitive hits can come from sometimes. And it's actually more intelligent than our brain. If you take our heart out of our body, it can live outside of our body, but our brain can't. And so in that regard, it is remarkable as well. But it has those touchy, feely um, emotions that sometimes we try and stuff down. But I think if we just uh, pause for a moment and breathe into our heart, that we will see the bigness of it and the joy that it will bring you. And when you feel that joy, the best gift is to take it out and give it to someone else. Yeah, no, I think that's the great part is that sharing part. It's that energy. So, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, hopefully we, we never have to have that opportunity to share our physical heart but the the opportunity right (laughs) the opportunity to share our energetic heart and the love that we have within it that was beautiful uh because i do talk all the time about our grounding ourselves and Mm -hmm. how earth and uh uh earth and heart are the same uh letters and just arranged differently and that's why i always say there's an r in our heart do you have a favorite r word uh i do well first of all Rhonda. (laughs) Uh, because I hear it often. Uh, So it is my favorite word because I love when people call me by my name. The other is respect. And it's not, uh, it's not only, I apologize there. It's not only about respecting others, it's respecting yourself. And when you respect yourself, um, you request the most out of yourself. And when you request the most out of yourself, the better you feel, and that's respecting yourself. Yeah, no, that, that's exactly what we talk about. And, and that's what that bring a bat really means, is that boundaries. Yes. And, you know, the boundaries don't have to be strong all the time, but you need to know what they are and how to yes. you know, communicate that to other people as well as communicate if they've overstepped those boundaries or those non-negotiables. And uh, mm-hmm. that... It takes a turn, a, a sort of learning that we've had uh, with ourselves. And I love that you started off with Rhonda, you know, starting off with ourself. If we can't be happy with ourselves or find that love within mm-hmm. ourself, 
it becomes a problem to then share it or be among other people with true joy and peace in this situation. I'm sure that through life, you've learned a lot of different lessons in life. Uh, would you share with us some of the, the, the lessons, how you got to this respect and knowing that it all starts with you? Okay, so I feel that I have to think here for a moment. Um, the lessons that I have learned is that is to stop something and it's to stop looking for others um, for your answers. Stop asking people what they think of this or what they think of that because they might not have your best interest in, at heart. Lots of them do and you have to pick those people that's for sure because you do need support as you're going through life. But I think the hardest thing is to go within to find uh, the deepness of yourself and what your mission is and uh, why you've came here. And I found it hard to do that because people say, well, look what's inside. Look within where? Where do you look? And in your heart, in your gut, in your brain. And, and, and boy, it uh, really challenged me. And I went through some enlightenment and then I realized when you pay attention and you get in touch with the true essence of who you really are, those answers are there. Your mission is there. Your journey is there because it's connected to the most important part of yourself, which is your soul. And when you connect at that level, uh, magic happens. It happens not only in your own life, but because you get in touch with your gifts, which I've been able to do, then other people seem to uh, be attracted to that. It's almost like you're carrying a secret with you. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. And it's cleaning those filters. You know, that's the, I think you were mm -hmm. trying to refer a little earlier is how we all think about things. But if we have our filters that might not be as crystal clear as, you know, others, then how we see it becomes a different, you know, mm -hmm. uh, idea. Now, how are, how are some of the things that brought you to this enlightenment, enlightenment? Well, I mean, there's many things along your journey, because you meet people. And sometimes people can recognize in you what you can't. And it is important to listen to people and what they're saying, especially if they say, I remember uh, helping out with a grade five class, because my my child was in that class, and I was helping ones who were behind in reading. And and the teacher one day said to me, are you a teacher? And I've been asked, um, are you a doctor? I've been asked different things. And so I, and that resonates with me. They've seen something in me, caring, giving, that type of thing that I've had inside myself. But the most uh, significant, the most remarkable thing that's happened, and I certainly don't want people to bring this upon themselves, but I have had really odd car accidents, um, near misses. I've been saved many times by different things that have happened in my life. And here I am, I'm still here. And every, every time I was sort of saved, at one point brought back to life, I had a little bit more of enlightenment, a little bit more awareness, a little bit more intuition. And it was almost like the universe was wanting me to pay attention. And it wasn't until I was T-boned and it took the jaws of life to get me out of the vehicle 
and I was transported to the hospital. I didn't have anything broken at all. They made a lot of fuss about anything. They x-rayed me from head to toe. I didn't have a scratch on me. And, but the trauma of it, uh, the scary boo part of it, you know, I mean, you're hit. Uh, it takes a while for your brain to settle down and actually um, sort of sort out what happened because I could have been dead right then, that instant. And I don't know if any of your listeners have felt their soul, but mine, when I was hit, my brain was going along as if I was still turning the corner, but all of a sudden my soul was snatched up through the top of my head. I feel it. I felt it going out. And then I was out. I was out uh, for maybe a few seconds. And then I was uh, thrown back into the seat. And so I scared the crap out of my soul that time. I mean, it took a hike mm-hmm. and, <laughs> you sure. know, and so for two weeks after that, I spent recovering and I spent uh, my body spent time healing because I had a lot of trauma from the seatbelt. So really ugly bruises came out. And, but during that time also, I get up early in the morning. I went to my computer. I opened up a word document and I started typing and I just typed and typed and typed. And this happened every single morning. And then all of a sudden one morning I started to weep because I realized what I was up to. I was writing a book. Everybody wants to write a book, but what do you write a book about? And that's what I was up to. I was um, writing uh, my first book, which was Magical Forces Within, Extraordinary Discoveries in an Ordinary Life. And I was just so enlightened. So many things were clear to me. And often the information that I was typing came to me and I just typed as fast as I could to get it down. I didn't channel the book. I don't want people to think that, but I was certainly gifted with information and knowledge to fill in all the parts that needed filled in to smooth out the book, which was really nice. Yeah, that that's great because we do have magical forces within ourselves. It's Again, going back to that point of where we start trusting ourselves. So what are the, some of the gems or, or seeds that you might have also received from that book, Ma- uh, Magical Forces Within? I think that, um, I mean, there's a lot of different uh, teachings in that book. And the biggest thing was um, I was able to look back over my life and see how so many things were planned, connected, and, and put me on my journey and path. I was able to recognize where I came from and to put stories together. And at the end of every single uh, chapter, there's a meditation. And I've actually have an audio book coming out uh, in the next few weeks. Um, so the gems that were there was just an enlightenment about what was important to help people on their journey. And I think about what, you know, I can, I can talk about different things in the book that I wrote. I wrote um, a lot of things were connected and I had an insatiable appetite to read and to know things. And I just started learning about so many different things that I was able to put, you know, put this book together. But one of the things is we wake up every day and we have, uh, I think it's like 95% of the same thoughts we had yesterday 
And you go, okay, I think about the same things that I thought about yesterday. But the fact is, is that we have about 80,000 thoughts, 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day. And we just let our brain uh, take us on the same journey that we did yesterday. It's just a different day on the calendar, but we're living the same life. So until we interrupt that, until we uh, learn how to say, to be the gatekeeper of our, our, our brain, uh, to not let it think about the things it thought about yesterday, and to give it new things to think about, like reading, you're driving to work, put an audio in, exercise your brain, make your brain think about different things so that you can learn different things. Because you don't want to be at the end of your life um, regretting that you never took the time to teach your brain how to do certain things. Anybody can learn anything. It's not too late. In, in my book, I also talk about a lady who I met that was 50 years old that had a bunch of art, art um, ready for her to pick up the paintbrush to paint. But she assured me it was way too late for her. And I said, but Grandma Moses started painting in her 80s. I mean, there's people who tap in to the best part of themselves. The older they get, the better you are to tap into what you need to tap into to make a better life. And these are the things that I talk about in my book, those types of things. I can tell you a lot. but <laughs> Yeah, no, it sounds incredible, but it sounds like you've learned a lot of things and that's added value. But what are some of the things that you might've had to unlearn? Oh, the unlearning that's easy is this, uh, the self-defeating uh, practices and your talk, what you say and and people don't realize we, we speak the same words almost all of the time, but we don't realize how we are imprinting ourselves, limiting ourselves in going forward. And the best thing to do is ask yourself a question and record your answer. Ask yourself why you're not doing a certain thing, because a lot of people have things that they want to do. They just can't take that first step but they don't realize that their self-talk is, is stopping them from taking that first step. And if you want to know what you say to yourself, ask that question, record yourself, and then listen back. And you'll be astounded at what you're telling yourself all of the time. And I was doing that. I was saying how there was many reasons why I couldn't do any something, or I was not looking forward to doing something that I had to do. But the problem with that is we are dumping um, not good chemicals into our body when we're afraid, when we're terrified of doing something, we don't want to do something, but we have to do something. And so all these negative things are dumping bad chemicals into your body. So it's better to think of joy, look forward to it, pretend to look forward to it, even if you don't look forward to it, and just change your attitude towards things. And, uh, and I, I was like that. I mean, we all come from somewhere. And people think she's a best selling author that happened overnight. Oh, my goodness me. <laughs> it, it takes it doesn't it, Uncle Dave, I mean, it takes a long time to get to where you're going. And a lot of people um, don't want to invest that time. So 
when I came, when I recovered from my accident, I started making myself accountable to me. And I made lists of things and that I had to get done in a day. And I did them. And if they didn't get done, I just added them to the next day. That's okay. But I was astounded with all the time I was wasting in my life by thinking, not taking that first step, and all of that. So I hope I answered your question in a kind of roundabout way. No, that was perfect. That, that, it really was because sometimes that's the, the boundaries we need to do. Is, is all, and also give ourselves permission that mm-hmm. you said you didn't yeah. maybe accomplish everything you set out to do at on some days. Then you gave yourself permission. You didn't go. You didn't beat yourself up over it. You. It's that self talk. Self talk will oh, yeah. will will, lo- will lose us more battles than anything else. <laughs> lose us more battles. That's fantastic. Yes. Yeah, we just have to figure out how to overcome. And I know you've overcome a lot of things. I mean, that's why one of the things we talk about is Phoenix moments, those moments yes. when you rise yourself. And it sounds like, you know, at least one of your accidents, that last accident with the T-bone oh, yeah. was definitely a Phoenix moment where you might have been physically fine, but you then had to pick up yourself mentally. You know, there's yes. different aspects of, of our lives. Could you explain a little bit about that that Phoenix moment? I know you explained what exactly did you do? Uh, because you were healthy, right? You, you were physically healthy other than a few bruises. But mm-hmm. What actions might you have taken uh, to put you in the position to write that book, that first book? Mm-hmm. Well, when you have an accident and it can, your life can be over, um, it makes you uh, reevaluate. And during my recovery, yes, I started writing, but there was also the rest of the day. And you start to think about uh, the bigger picture in life. And I think that when, um, you know, and, and, and this is what I did. I mean, I got up every day and I lived my life. And sometimes it wasn't very remarkable. Um, I put things off. Um, I, I certainly enjoyed a lot doing a lot of things, uh, even back then. I'm you know, I have um, a bit, I had a business at the time, I'm a realtor, and I certainly enjoyed my job, but I was getting up every day and do and living the same day. It's kind of like um, the groundhog, groundhog day. And so you get up every day, you do the same things, you think of the same things. And the Phoenix moment was recognizing what I was doing, recognizing that I wanted more. And where was more? I didn't know where more was. But what I found is that when I started to meditate, and that was that's huge. Meditating is huge. It changes your brain. It makes you calmer. It, um, it you also get intuitive hits. And intuitive hits are those those moments where um, you you don't you feel good about something, but you don't know what it is. But you have a good feeling that's come over your body. And, um, and you know that it, something good must be happening. And so you put your antennas up and you uh, watch for that happening during the day. Other things are um, you need to call so-and-so or you think of that person and uh, you say, I, I need to call them and they call you. The other thing, the most important thing 
is it also it's there to guide you, warn you, and 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 give you information. It, and it comes into your gut. A bad a bad feeling is coming into your gut, and uh, your gut has the same uh, cells that are in your brain. And it, um, it helps you if you pay attention to it, which I like to try and pay attention to every single one, because once it's gone, it's not coming back. There's no reminder. There's not tap, tap, tap. Do you remember this morning when I said to you that you needed to call that person and, and, um, or whatever it is, and you find out later in the day that, yes, you should have done that. So it's instant, it's gone, if you don't follow up on it. And so those are the types of things that uh, the more you meditate, the more these things come to you. And when I um, have my car accident, this is the type of um, uh, path that I started to take. And the more you meditate, uh, also information comes to you. So I kept a journal. If I stick up a really good idea, I thought about things of, uh, that I could write in my book during meditation, and it just sort of cha- uh, added to who I was becoming or who I was transforming to, um, into being. That was a perfect answer. I mean, because it sounds also one of the big keys is you have to be able to be receiving that information. And it's yes. not this magic. It's allowing yourself to trust that intuition. It's allowing ourselves to trust that next piece of, hey, I know, or be aware of the patterns that are coming. So if I think of mm-hmm. Rhonda more than once, I'm like, oh, okay, I need to reach out to Rhonda. I, yeah, you know, so right. it's, it's one of those pieces mm-hmm. that we have to trust it, not just like, oh, it's a coincidence. You know, coincidences mm-hmm. are a coincidence, but there's also yeah. a pattern. And if we believe of the higher, and I'm not going to go into religion, but the universe how it works to our advantage. When we look back, it sounded like part of your, your book was also talking about the, the magic of once you looked back at your life, the gems of knowledge that you might not have learned then, but you learned, you know, when you had, mm-hmm. when you sat healing and healing yourself to repair all the pieces of your, of your life to, to put you on this new path. Mm-hmm. That's right. And one of the great things to do too, and I, and I did it during this time is just journaling. Yeah, and the ju- reason why it's important is because when you have a lot of those uh, thoughts in your head, even if it's anger, love, um, indifference, somebody wronged you, write it down, rip it up, throw it in the garbage. If you don't want, if there's people that can have their eyes on it, um, you want to get rid of, the stuff that you keep thinking about every day that brings you down. And the way to do that is to journal. And it's, um, if you don't, and, and the thing is, you probably will never read it. I never really read. I tried to read my journal and oh my goodness, I can't believe uh, that's a situation I was in. That I can't believe that those were the thoughts that I was having. But as you lay those thoughts down, you release yourself from those thoughts. It's kind of like talking to a friend except for there's no boundaries when you're telling yourself and you're not, you're not uh, trying to smooth things over to make it sound. It was not as bad as it was or whatever you're telling yourself and you can be more honest, I think with yourself. Yeah, that's a really powerful thing. And most people don't realize it. And I had always journaled and I never really did something, but uh, when I was preparing for my TEDx talk, so you have to prepare this whole speech and 
Um, I downloaded a bunch of, it was like 30 pages. So it wasn't, I I think, which I carved down. But the day I remember the most is writing down those 30 pages, printing them out, and then going into my backyard and putting it in my fire pit and releasing it to the universe. And the personal release that I had, uh, and that was among the, (laughs) the powerful parts of the TEDx talk, is I didn't realize how much of that story needed to get out there for me. You know, there's been some value for others, and I hope there'll be a lot more value for others Mm -hmm. as well. But my personal story, it it, it weighed on me greatly because of it. And I think journaling is great. I've gone back since to some stuff that I've journaled over the years, and Mm -hmm. uh, that's one of the pieces of my book that I'm I'm finalizing in, you know, uh, survivor's guilt. So I had a I had a girlfriend who was killed by a drunk driver, and when I read some of the the love stories or the stories around our relationship, you know, it was at this point thirty plus years ago, yes. and I started bringing myself to tears that I never knew. You know, there's always a sadness about it, but I was mm-hmm. just crying reading those words, and I was like, okay, there's something here, and needed to reinvestigate that for myself and that that's powerful because journaling is powerful it's our words and again you you Mm -hmm. mentioned about no judgment so write down your own words you do not need to show it to anybody um i know there was a book i read one time and that's what's always made me think about it is writing down the bones and it's talking about just getting it out there nobody needs to need it see it hey go safely please especially in california you know you know, burn those, burn those words, take the power Mm -hmm. away, you know, share your feelings. That's always possible, but take the power away and regain that for yourself. So you also have a a brand new book that, that has just recently uh, launched. Uh, Would you share your chapter? What's, what's your chapter about? As do you. And (laughs) congratulations. Uh, One uh, international best-selling author to another sort of co-authors of the volume six of Cracking the Rich Code. And and then again, you know, these things come, I'm sure they've come into your life too, Dave, but they come into your life. And I remember uh, when uh, Jim Britt asked me uh, to be one of the authors is, um, you know, one of the first things I thought, well, what I write about because magical forces within was a gift. It definitely was given to me because I had survived that accident. I had enlightened at such a high level that um, I knew that it wasn't the last book that I was going to write. I do have a, a, a business book that I'm working about because I am an entrepreneur, but I thought what to write about um, for this book. And so I decided to write on the subject of time. And uh, I haven't read it uh, in a little bit, but basically, you know, I, I just started out like uh, with your birth and, and the, the time and day, the time of uh, your birth is recorded. And here you are again, somewhere along your evolutionary path. I want that first opening to be quite significant because a lot of people don't realize that they've been here before and you've come back and you've come back with a mission 
Um, some people call it a blueprint. Uh, there's many things that people call it. <clears throat> and I remember thinking that I knew that I had lived here before, been here before, because there's different things that uh, there's no way you would have known certain things or reacted to certain things. Um, but sometimes it has to do because uh, you've been here before. And if you want to do more work, uh, research on that, uh, pick up Brian Weiss's book, Many Lives, Many Masters. I was astounded when I read that book because when he was done uh, uh, working with one lady, she had like 85 lives or something like that. And I thought maybe I'd been here a few. They're talking about 85 lives. And so we've been here. We've been on this journey more than once. We've been on this journey a lot. And we come back to redo, learn the lessons, become enlightened, and, and then to come back again with another mission, another journey. But that's how I start the book. And I talk about living our lives, but I, I touch on a lot of different things. Um, that's about being late, arriving late. We have so much anxiety about being late. So when has been, ha, when in our history has being late been significant? Uh, the bombing of... Um, like 9-11, the people who were running late and didn't, and, and didn't was, and because they ran late, their lives were saved. What about the people who were running late, didn't get on the Titanic? I met a man, and this is in the story. I met a man, I was uh, raising funds. I, I uh, raised funds for a charity called Sandy Pines Wildlife Center. And I was, I, so I run a charity golf tournament for them. And I was out picking up. Uh, and in this case, I was talking to a manager at a cheese factory because he always gives us uh, a basket of um, cheeses uh, for the golf tournament. And I was talking to him some reason we got talking. His last name was the same name as my mother's maiden name. And so we just start talking like we're old friends. We're probably not even related or diluted very, you know, the, the line, the bloodline's probably diluted quite a bit. But he told me that his grandfather uh, was late boarding that uh, didn't board the Titanic because he was running late that day. <laughs> he didn't get on the Titanic. He didn't go down with the ship. So there's all these things. And as we all know, there's um, plane crashes and different things like that. So there is some focus around different things. I really moved the chapter along, but that's one of the most significant I find is because we put a lot of stress on ourselves about arriving on time. And we should, we should arrive on time because we need to be respectful to the others when we're having meetings. But sometimes uh, we might miss those warnings to maybe take a breather this morning, maybe not run out the door as quick as we need to be angry with our loved ones, we may never see them again. And I think that if we live our life, um, believing that uh, there's, there's a there's a power way bigger than us taking care of us. And if we are bullheaded, and we don't listen to those stalls, pay attention, that we might end up in that accident. Yeah, uh, that's really part of it is we need to start paying attention to everything and we don't know where the universe that, that's the part that if you don't believe about that universal energy 
You don't know what the universe is bringing to you as well as what it's trying to teach you at certain times. I mean, even in the worst of situations, there could be when you and you sometimes need to struggle to to look at that, but having that ability to see the beauty in it and find out what the lesson is. And that's the, the real trick of, of all of these instances. You know, those people might have been disappointed about missing the Titanic, his grandfather, that gentleman's grandfather. But guess mm-hmm. what? That gentleman wouldn't have been alive if his yeah. grandfather didn't did make the the trip. So look at that butterfly effect that has happened through that. Yes. Now you're talking yeah. about uh, the, the charity. Could you sh- could you share a little bit uh, about the charity? I always like to hear anything uh, goons for good. Uh, you know, people who are doing yes. good and uh, always paying it forward. So I'd love to hear a little bit more of your charity. Yeah, I'd love to talk about my charity. Actually, I interviewed on my podcast uh, Sue Meach, who is the technical technical director of Sandy Pines Wildlife Center. Uh, my son and I, uh, our team's bigger now, but at the time we were the team. Uh, we're a real estate team, and we're looking to do something in the community uh, to give back. And so we do a couple of things. And my daughter at the time was doing some volunteer work at Sandy, Pine, Sandy Pines Wildlife Center as part of her, uh, what she was doing in order to become a vet. Uh, a doctor of veterinary medicine, which she is today. But we're talking six years ago, going back six years ago. And I, and she said, I don't know why you, your team does, um, uh, doesn't run a, char- a charity golf tournament for Sandy Pines Wildlife Center. I'll help. And at the time she, she lived near us and she certainly did help uh, with the first couple of, um, of golf tournaments. She was part of that. And so we decided to do that. And uh, so uh, we had a lot of volunteers the first year, the second year. Uh, today, uh, my son and I run that uh, golf tournament single-handedly. We, uh, ra- I raise the funds, uh, get the golfers, um, and uh, do all the work necessary. And it's really interesting because every time we went to Sue and said, what do you want us to raise money for this year? We were able to use that to garner funds, get the golfers in, and just really have a grand time uh, with these golfers. For the last two years, we've not been able to run it, um, but we are going to be running it in 2022. We've already booked the uh, golf course because the pandemic in our area has slowed, and we really believe that we're going to be able to do this um, in 2022. Uh, to date, uh, I think in the six golf tournaments, we've raised uh, well over $40,000 for, for them. And very important things like uh, the operating room, the lights for the operating room, a, um, a chelation machine, which takes um, the lead out of um, uh, wildlife uh, birds, uh, usually, uh, where they've been shot by BB guns. You know, young young boys uh, having a grand time and think it's okay to shoot a bird. And so the chelation machine uh, removes the lead poisoning from the birds and they're able to save many of them. So we're involved in that um, and we love it. And it's just a, it's a wonderful thing to do. That's awesome. So let me know how I can assist you mm-hmm. and uh, see what we can do. Can't wait. Okay. So, okay, that's great. I'll, I'll certainly do that. And that's a really good suggestion. 
Um, right now, and uh, they're going to be doing this uh, probably throughout the year, is uh, if you go to your Facebook and put in Sandy Pines Wildlife Centre, it will come up. And right now, uh, you can buy uh, tickets to a draw. And uh, the last one that they had uh, for October, uh, they'll be uh, drawing soon for, no- for the end of November. They, ro- they raised uh, almost $10,000 and they draw a winner and half of the money goes to Sandy Pines and half goes to the winner. And so you can take part in that. It'll be right on their Facebook page. So that'd be awesome. Okay. Yeah, we'll definitely put that out there as well. Uh... Yes. Okay. I know we've taken up a lot of your time, but is there any, and you've given us lots of great uh, seeds that I'm going to talk Mm -hmm. about. Is there any seeds that you'd like to plant today that might grow in the future for our our audience? Well, one of the, um, in my book, um, I actually uh, copied and paste uh, the traveler's tale. And I don't know if people uh, know about the traveler's tale, but um, I'll just uh, shorten it up really short and let you know about it. I'm sure that people will will get the message to this. Um, So the traveler's tale is uh, there is a man and he's hoeing in his, uh, in his garden. And, and this is, you know, hundreds, hundred years ago. And this man passes by and he says, Hey, farmer, um, I'm looking for a new village. And he goes, Oh, there's a village up the road. And he said, "Um, what are the people like in that village? And he says to the, uh, to the traveler, uh, what were the people like in your village? Oh, they, were, they were awful people, scoundrels, all of them. You couldn't trust them. And he said, oh, well, you'll find those same people in the next village. And so the, oh, and the traveler went on. And so a couple hours later, um, another person happened along and he said hey farmer I'm looking for a new village what kind um, is there what kind of people are in the village up ahead and he said well where did you come from asking a question (laughs) um, with the question and he said oh we're so sad to be leaving our village they were wonderful people and we are really going to miss them what kind of people are in the village up ahead? The, the, the farmer said, you'll find those same kind of people in the next village. And so the moral of the story for me is that you will get what you're looking for. So if you are looking for angry people, um, if you are looking for a fight with someone today, if you're looking for Um, that you think that people are not happy with you, anything you're looking for, you're going to get. If you go out in the world today and you give to others, you love others, you respect others, you care about others. And and what I found in life is the people that are most, the most unapproachable are the ones who need your love, your shining light uh, the most. And if you change your attitude, you'll change your altitude. I can't remember who said that. Do you remember who said that? I don't. Um, I, 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 I've, I've used it before because with my uh-huh. Phoenix metaphor, the bird, but I love yes. it. I, I don't recall. You'll change your, your altitude. And, um, and you will find the more you give, the more you are going to feel good about yourself. When you give that gift, 
of uh, respect, consideration, love, concern, um, you will swell up. Your heart will just swell up. It'll want to burst right out of your chest. And so in that regard, you're going to get what you're looking for. And why not look for the goodness in everyone? Why not look for uh, the best you can be, the mess, the best, uh, the mess, <laughs> the best um, person you can be uh, to others? And they people will flock to you like you are a magnet. Well, look for the best through the mess, and um, to help you out. And that's exactly right. That was a great final message. And I thank you so much for your time. I thank you so much for all the knowledge. I mean, I, I really hope people listen to all the gems that you've given us uh, during this session. So thank you so much. And for everybody, just remember, bring back your peace and love in your life if you haven't had it. If you do have it, enjoy that peace and love. But when you need to bring it back, remember, nonviolence, it's all about your boundaries, to know who you are, those non-negotiables, and swing away. And I hope you find your sweet spot and hit a home run. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dave. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm really glad that you're enjoying our show. Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat is brought to you by Launchpad 516 Studios, executive produced by David Chemetsky and George Andriopoulos. Music selections by James Grant, Zach Nelson, and James Gaither, and licensed through Storyblock. Sound effects and sponsorship music licensed through Epidemic Sound. Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat is hosted with Podbean. Subscribe to our show wherever podcasts are available. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and share with all of your friends. Follow us on Facebook at Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat. Follow me, Uncle Dave, Dave Shemetsky, on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Clubhouse. You can find all those links and more info at davidshemetsky.com. For show ideas, feedback, guest inquiries, or just a chat, Reach out to me at peacelovebringabat at gmail.com. For sponsorship and media inquiries, reach out to peacelovebringabat at lp516.com. Make sure to follow all the great podcasts produced by Launchpad 516 Studios. Today's journey has come to a close, my friends. I hope the seeds of peace and love continue to grow for each one of you. Remember that peace and love surrounds you and will assist you to rise again. But don't forget to bring it back for what you believe in. Namaste.